Ever feel like you're getting the runaround at a repair shop or even worse, your vehicle is held hostage for days at a dealership? We've all been there at some point. That's what makes Oak Knoll Automotive a different kind of repair shop. At Oak Knoll Automotive, you'll get fast and affordable auto service every time. This is why car, truck, and fleet owners choose Oak Knoll Automotive. Oak Knoll certified technicians will ensure fast turnaround on diagnostics and repairs. Google Oak Knoll Automotive today. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Uh-huh. It is 8.05 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Republican presidential candidate, former governor Nikki Haley from South Carolina. Well, she said last night uh, that she is uh, going to continue her campaign through Super Tuesday primaries. Yep. Uh, the CNN anchor Jake Tapper said, do you think it's uh, inappropriate with the RNC chairwoman Rona McDaniel suggest that you uh, drop out of the race because there's no path for victory? Well, Haley said, I absolutely think it's uh, totally inappropriate. We've had two states that have voted unique 1,215 delegates to Donald Trump as 32 and I have 17. We have 48 states and more territories to go to. Uh, I'm not giving up. I'm not going anywhere. I will continue to go all the way through South Carolina and on to Super Tuesday. Keep on keeping on looking forward. Nikki Haley should ask Ted Cruz how that sort of uh, uh, nonsense talk works out. Cruz is, I mean, almost the exact same thing. No, 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 I'm not going anywhere. You remember that? It was it was Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. And, sure. And, and, uh, and, well, you know, Ted Cruz stuck around for a long, long time, and it didn't work out for him. And, and what makes Nikki Haley, she hasn't won yet. What makes her think that she's going to all of a sudden, you know, be able to beat Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Why do you want her to get out so fast? Well, I because I, I'm just, I I don't see any, I don't see any sort of benefit to the country with with her being the Republican candidate. Donald Trump is obviously going to be the guy. I kind of like the debate on the issues. I mean, it's kind of part of democracy, right? Well, yeah, it's part of democracy. I'm just saying she's wasting time. She's wasting focus for the Republican Party. I'd rather see a debate between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. Well, that would be inter- that definitely would be entertaining, right? I mean, that's part yeah, of the process, right? I'll give you that, sure. But uh, I, I just think that Nikki Haley is wasting her time and, and a lot of others. Well, she may be. You may be right about that. Uh, but you know, these things can turn on a dime, right? They can. You sure. can wake up tomorrow and she's out of the race. That's sure. how fast some of these decisions are made. Uh, and uh, well, uh, uh, she added that this is about the fact that we cannot live in chaos anymore. It's about the fact that we have to focus on what it will take, uh, you know, to get domestic policy on track. She says. Trying to save America, she says. Trying to save American families. We need to make sure that we're listening and focusing on what it takes to win the primary so that we can get our country back on track. What part of uh, helping American families uh, includes sending billions of dollars to Ukraine? I'm just curious because I know she's a big supporter of that. Just wondering, you know, how, do, how does that help, uh, you know, John and Jane Doe just trying to pay the rent, put a little food on the table every month? That's a great question. I, I don't think it does. Uh, let's see. Is it Jack in South Austin this morning? Jack, good morning. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, man, I'm thinking back. I'm hearkening back to when George Bush got in. You know, he tried to go with that, you know, fool me once thing, and he kind of stumbled on his words there. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm I'm done seeing these people flood through that dang border. It drives me crazy like everybody else probably. But I remember last time Trump came into office, he had both houses of Congress. He had the Supreme Court. He had the White House. You would think this would be nipped in the bud by now. Absolutely. Yeah. He definitely had, there. There were definitely shortcomings on 
on Trump's part. No, no doubt. doubt. No doubt, Jack. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Republicans and Democrats have failed on this mm-hmm. front. All no doubts. Uh, every president uh, since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, Jack. Yeah. And there were a lot of other things. I mean, that, that, what was the other one? The big one uh, Trump first took off? Obamacare. That was another one, too, you know, and that, that should have been a slam dunk for the Republicans. Well, let's be clear. Uh, you know, Donald Trump didn't have a whole lot of support, right? Uh, you know, the Never Trumpers, the rhinos, they, they fought him uh, tooth and nail every chance that they could they did. get, right? You're right. So he really didn't have, uh, you know, that full support from his own party. Fair point. You yeah. know? Yeah. The question is, will he now? Uh, 512-836-0590. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he is sending more assets to help Governor Greg Abbott secure the border. So we've responded to calls from Texas throughout the years. Uh, And then I think with this issue with this wire and the fortifications, I just wanted to make sure if we could send additional personnel to help Texas put up as much of this wire or barricades as possible to be able to drive those numbers to zero, well, I'm going to step up and do it. I think they're doing the absolute right thing by standing their ground. They have every right to defend the sovereignty of their state. And yes, we've seen massive numbers of people flooding New York City. We've seen crime, drugs, all that stuff is very significant, but it's also a fundamental issue. A country has borders. If you don't have a border, you are not a country. And Biden has failed at his duty as commander in chief uh, to make sure our laws are faithfully executed. So we have every right as states to band together and do the job that the federal government refuses to do. There you go. Ron DeSantis uh, on Fox late last night. Uh, yeah, jump in here at 512-836-0590. I think it's great to see all this support from other states. Uh, Christy Noem, I heard just yesterday, she's going to, you know, she says, I have a lot more personnel and razor wire I could send down to help Greg Abbott as well. Yep. Uh, th- I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's nice to see. You got, you got that. You got the border convoy. Uh, you got a lot of people, even you know, Democrats, clearly waking up to the to the issue now. That, that, that Democrat Chicago alderman, what's his name? Anthony Beal, I believe. Anthony Beal is his name. Yeah. Did you hear this guy? No. Yeah, Chicago's dealing with a you know a flood of illegal immigrants that uh, you know some some governors have bust up there. Here's what he had to say. This is this is uh, Chicago alderman uh, Anthony Beal. Now I've said this before. If you give me three meals. Housing, child care, education, a voucher for $9,000. You know what? I come to Chicago too. And that's what they're doing. They're telling people and they're sending money back to Chicago. I mean, back to Venezuela to come to Chicago because they're saying, hey, the good times are rolling there. They're taking care of everybody. Now, when we have... When we have Venezuelans that are driving cars, where'd they get a driver's license? Where did they get insurance from? It's true. It's a great yeah, question. He also mentions that they get they find a lot of Venezuelans with drugs and guns. Where'd they get those? Where'd they get that? 816 here on the Todd Show. And yeah, you could join us. Uh, we made it easy. You could call us. You could text us. Use the same number. It's 512-836-0590. Let's, uh, let's go down to Wimberley. And Billy is on the Todd and Oz Show. Billy, good morning. Good morning, yes, morning guys. Listen, mm-hmm. it, it's really simple. And the difference between the way Donald Trump handled the border and the way that Joe Biden is handling the border is that Donald Trump um, regulated the border. 
follow the you law. Know, you follow the law. Negotiated with the Mexican president to keep him in Mexico, return to Mexico. Uh, he negotiated with the other countries to de de incentivize these caravans to come through, and then Joe Biden, who is doing everything in his power to facilitate the illegal invasion of our country, and it's killing people and it's hurting our pocketbooks, and it. The choice couldn't be any clearer. Even my liberal friends are voting for Trump this time around. Sure. No, no, no. I, I hear the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. No, you're right. Uh, Trump, uh, you know, had the Remain in Mexico policy. First thing Joe Biden did was lift that. And he ran a campaign to to lift, uh, you know, uh, the Remain in Mexico policy. Did exactly what he said he, he was going to do. He said he was going to open the floodgates and the voters uh, of America. That's what they wanted, right? Right. Yeah. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is uh, this is what we're getting. I I'm interested. You know, to, to, I will be. It will be very interesting to see how effective Donald Trump could be if he wins another term. Yeah, how effective he'll be able to be this time around with the border versus last time. Let's throw a question out there: If uh, if if an illegal alien in this country uh, gets caught uh, committing a, a a drunk while driving, uh, you know, a DUI, DWI, should they be report uh, deported? 512-836-0590. 150 lawmakers say no. They yeah. voted against a measure to do just that. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you on this very issue. Uh, should you be deported if you're here illegally and you get convicted for driving while intoxicated? Uh, uh, well, let's see here. I mean, was it just just any straight up and down DUI or like some somebody got hurt in it? Uh, just, just straight up and down, just one DUI. Well, what do you think? I mean, just tell me what you think. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, on the one, I, part of me wants to say yes, simply because they're here illegally. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, you know, you already got here illegally. You're being afforded a, a, a huge luxury of not being tossed back to wherever you came because you snuck in here. Uh, so, you know, yeah, now you're driving a car. I don't know. I'm going to guess that you know, there's there's a pretty good odds that you may not have a driver's license, and now you're drunk. I, you know, there, there's a pretty good argument for throwing, you know, for for deportation. Sure, certainly if it happens more than once. Well, you know, uh, you, the thing is, deportations don't work at all if well, you got a, if you got an open border. Very true, right? Very true. Right? Come so, right back. So a couple of things got to happen. Some 150 House Democrats uh, they voted against this bill yesterday to allow the deportation of illegal aliens who have been convicted of driving while under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Uh, Representative Barry Moore, the Republican from uh, Alabama, had this to say. In the United States, someone dies in a crash with an impaired driver every 45 minutes. I lost two of my young newlywed constituents to an illegal alien who was driving under the influence of alcohol. I'm proud to join my House Republican colleagues to protect American families from more of these tragedies by passing legislation to deport illegal immigrants who have been caught driving impaired. Yeah. Uh, House Bill uh, 6976, uh, 150 folks voted against it. It would basically amend the Immigration and Naturalization Act and provide that aliens who are convicted and uh, or have committed a second offense for driving while intoxicated or impaired uh, to be deported. Yeah. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. You had uh, fifty five House Democrats joining two hundred and seventeen House Republicans to pass this bill. So clearly, this is. This is not something that Democrats like at all. Of course, you know, yet another thing that might hold someone who's here illegally accountable in some way. Right. You know, any time you're dealing with that, accountability for illegal immigrants, the, the, the Democrats want no part of it, mm -hmm. ever. 
it seems like. Uh, I, if, if this were to pass, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. You shouldn't be here in the first place, and now you're driving drunk. So Here's what, uh, here's what Jerry Nadler had to say about it. Uh, Public transportation and ride-sharing programs so that people have an alternative. But instead of working on proven solutions... Like, impro- like improving access to public transportation and ride-sharing programs so that people have alternatives to driving drunk, Republicans are laying the blame for the problem at the feet of immigrants. No, no not immigrants. Illegal immigrants. Yeah, he can't get that. Cut the narrative already. Shannon in Georgetown, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Um, I, I can't uh, believe that we're at the juncture that we have to ask uh, the question, should they be deported if they're caught driving drunk? They should be deported... They shouldn't be here in the first place. Right. Yeah. Doing yeah. things like that. They should be deported and, because they're here illegally. Yes. Yes, and we can't even control our own citizens who are driving drunk on the road. We don't need more. That's true. Well, and we certainly have had a number of of deadly drunk driving wrecks over the years around here, you know, involving someone who was in the country illegally. We have Especially one out in several, Bastrop involving, several. you know, uh, poor people on a motorcycle. That's I right. mean, you know, it's it happened once. One time is too many. Preston is checking in from Jollyville this morning. Hey, Preston. Yes, I mean I agree totally with Shannon. Why are we even having this yeah. discussion? I mean, if you're here illegally, then you need to be removed from the country. And and I just think we're going to have to to correct what Joe Biden's done over the last three years. We're going to have to do some more stringent things when Trump gets in office next time. We can't. We can't. Ha- we can't have. We like Trump said. If you don't have borders, you don't have a country. Mm. And right now, our country is being dissolved by what's going on, and we're going to have to correct this. So this com- this whole conversation makes me really angry. Yep. If you're illegal, you need to be removed, period. Thank you, Preston. It is uh, 823 here at KLBJ. And uh, listen, there is uh, still talk of this border bill, some sort of compromise uh, and, 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 you know, the details have not been released. Even lawmakers are hesitant to talk about because they're not quite sure what the deal, the backroom deal is going to look like, you know, when it comes to the number of, uh, you know, uh, immigrants that might be allowed in as far as work permits and things like that. Uh, but already Congressman Chip Roy from Texas is already speaking out against it just on principle alone. Bottom line is this is a bill that we know is dead when it comes to the House in terms of any of the provisions that we believe are in it. We've not seen the text. We'll see the text hopefully tomorrow or Saturday. The Senate's going to move to it next week. I mean, Mike Lee, as a, a senator, has been going around saying, guys, I don't even know what's in the bill yet. And they're talking about filing cloture next week. That is the tool in the Senate to move to the bill, as you know. So that's a problem. We know that this, it's setting sort of a floor instead of a ceiling of like 5000 a month. We're not going to do that. Okay, we're not going to do that in the House. Speaker Johnson's been very clear of that, clear about that. So we're going to need to do our part to make sure we push to get actual border security, not this uh, you know effort by the Senate to do another deal. Whenever the Senate starts coming together to do a deal, man, run away from it because it's never going to work out well for the hardworking people out there. Um, I'm happy to go sit down and have a conversation, but we passed a bill last year that would actually do the job. Uh, we know what we need to do, and it's enforce the law. Uh, you know, Jay Johnson. The Homeland Security Secretary under Barack Obama had said anything over a thousand was was crazy. So if that's true, is that a definite no vote from you? Oh, I mean, it's not just a no vote. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, as they say, like fix bayonets and, like, you know, take the magazine out and throw it at them, whatever it takes, right? It, it is an absolute throw everything I can to stop it because this is what happens. Republicans try to take the goalposts, they move, they open up the floodgates to, you know, 
5,000, 10,000, whatever it is a day. We've been running at 10,000 a day. They then want to come back and say, you know, we'll agree with you. We'll cut a great deal for the American people. We'll set the new standard at 5,000 a day. As you just noted, five times worse than what Obama's secretary, said, Jay Johnson, said was an actual problem. Why would we do that? Now, now they'll push back and say, oh, no, that's not actually the standard. It'll be lower than that at times. But that's crazy. The fact that they're setting it 5,000, the reforms they're putting in place on asylum and parole, they won't do the job. By the way, those numbers, they don't deal with the family units, right? They're trying to say, oh, you'll detain the single adult males and single adult people, but we won't actually touch the family units. Well, guess what? You'll just encourage more family units, which encourages more sex trafficking of kids, abuse of kids, empowers cartels further. We cannot do that. We need to go back to what our current law states, which is secure the border, detain, do our job. Yes, you can have asylum claims, but only if you detain. That should be the rule. Zero people should be released into the United States. That's our position. The Senate has a weaker position. We're going to fight it. Yeah. Congressman Chip Roy from the great state of Texas. Chuck Schumer is out there saying that he thinks the text of this bill is going to be out by Sunday. Mm -hmm. Of course, just going to jam it full of, of aid for Ukraine. Sure. You know, I mean, that's that's the whole that's the real reason they want this bill. I'm just curious, just uh, just a side note. It's not all that important, I guess. But what about the punishment is, uh, you know, for uh, a foreigner who gets busted for a DWI in Mexico? Like if you and I go down there and we drink and drive and get arrested and get in a conviction? I mean, I have no idea. That's a good question because I, I from what I understand, like uh, in Mexico City, for example, uh, if you get pulled over drunk, driving yeah i think it's like a minimum of 20 hours a maximum of 36 hours you got to stay in jail okay uh if it happens more than two or three times in a year they revoke your license huh uh if there's a passenger in the car uh then uh you know they may uh impound your car as well doesn't look like they have too many strict laws when you get busted if you're a mexican citizen right and i, I can't find anything about what happens if you're not a mexican citizen but i yeah. did find one interesting caveat here yeah you know we're debating whether or not we should deport a, an illegal immigrant who gets a dwi mm. mexico meantime says a foreigner with a drunk driving conviction in the last 10 years may be refused entry into mexico <laughs> they don't even want you to come in wow. 8.33 here on the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. Let's uh, let's squeeze in uh, Mark in Georgetown this morning. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind? Good morning, guys. Mm. Hey, listen, I lived in Mexico 10 years, actually in Guadalajara. We knew that. We knew, we knew that. I want to tell you about the, the drug driving laws there. Yeah. Um, you can. It's, there's so much corruption there. It doesn't matter whether it's mm -hmm. a traffic or a municipal or state police. You can always pay your way out of it. Yeah. The only way or time you actually would be pulled over and held is when they have around the holidays times what's called the Torito, and they line up the traffic, and uh, they have randomly have a, a breathalyzer test. How about that? If you actually get pulled over there, you can't buy your way out of it. And what happens is they'll hold you for 12 hours and find you 10,000 pesos, which is about five to 600 bucks. There's no SR-22 filing, no schooling after that. You just walk scot-free. So it's pretty much you can buy your way out of almost anything there. Well, I hear you, man. We, we hear the stories. I, I, I get it. We, and we knew you had a connection to it, Mark. We knew you did. Uh, I appreciate you checking in. And let's see. Uh, uh, John and Ron Rock, good morning. Hey, John. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Ah. Hey, look, um, I had a home down in Cabo San Lucas for 32 years up until last year. Mm. And I'll tell you what, 
you mess around with the with the Mexican government down there, and you'll spend some time in jail. And they'll pull your uh, passport. But as far as drunk driving is like the last guy that called, um, there's I've had people that have spent three and four days in jail. It's terrible the conditions. But one thing Americans need to be aware of is if you are in Mexico yeah. and you get in a car wreck and you're not insured, and your U.S. insurance will not insure you. So when you rent a car down there, you think, oh, my insurance is going to cover me. It does not go over the border. Yeah. So oh, they will hold you until you make complete financial restitution. Yeah. And we had a friend got in a wreck in his Jeep, and they held him for almost 11 days until he paid 16000 U.S. dollars yeah. and paid all his uh, compensation up. So if you go down there and you rent any car, you better take their insurance. Absolutely. Uh, always, get the, always get their insurance because when you get the rental company's insurance, you could do anything to that car. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so true. They'll take your pass. Yeah, you can do anything, but they'll take your passport and you're not going anywhere until you yeah. make full. And something here that may cost $3,000 is going to cost you 15000 down there because everybody's got their hand in the pot. Well, there you go. Another reason not to drive into Mexico City, I guess. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's a dramatic change from the way we do it here where we, we let you out. And we not only do we not deport you, but we let you just go do it again. Well, a side note there, you can uh, you can bribe the police, right? Yeah, they do have that advantage. Still have so, that you know, if, you're, if you're flush in the still pocket. Got that. Still got yeah. that going, yeah. Listen, uh, uh, P- Pennsylvania groundhog uh, Puxatani Phil. Everybody loves Phil. Sure. Everybody loves Phil. Well, he did not see his shadow this morning, meaning an early spring may be on the way. Ooh. Hundreds of folks gathered there at Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania, to celebrate this. Uh, well, how long has this been a tradition? Man, uh, since uh, he's been huh? predicting since 1886. 1886, yep. he's been calling the weather. What this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. There you Woo. go. Yeah, Puxatani Phil. Uh, he used to decide whether temperatures will stay, uh, you know, cold longer uh, or if spring will, uh, you know, come early. And, uh, well, there you go. Uh, Puxatani Phil did not see a shadow. Spring's on the way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, before the movie, you know, the Bill Murray movie, which, by the way... If, 1993, if, if, Groundhog Day. If you don't Day. feel old yet, just know that that movie's 30 years old now. Oh, brother. Uh, it, only about 2,000 people were showing up for that event before the movie. And really? Now, now it's just like, it's like a Really? Big, yeah, it's like a big Woodstock festival now. It's a beautiful thing. Man. Also, they used to eat Phil. What? Yeah. Now, come on. Why did you... Now, what do you... I what do you, I you this is absolutely it. true. Why would you say that? Because it's true. They used to eat Phil. No. They... <laughs> no. They served him up after his first official Groundhog Day back in the 1880s, and they said he was, this is a quote, quite tender. I bet Phil, yeah, Phil looks uh, he, Phil looks chubby and soft. Looks like he doesn't get a whole lot of exercise. Yeah, boy. You know, you're saying they used to eat Phil every year? It was a, it was oh, a tradition God, to, so to skin and smoke Phil? They served him up in the 1880s after, after he would make his place. I don't think I've ever eaten Groundhog, have you? No, no, but like I said, they say it's tender. I mean, I've eaten a lot of wild animals, but I don't think I've ever consumed uh, the delicious meats that is of uh, a groundhog. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, it. it I'll, try Bandy, it. I'll try anything once. Bandy, you ever eat a groundhog? You're from Shiner, Texas. Surely you've eaten a groundhog out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no? You, uh, did you celebrate? How big of an animal is that? Seriously. What's, what's I think he's probably about yay. So about the size of a small little pig? Yeah, like when they hold him up, you know, they, they got him kind of like that. And he's probably. you. Do you roast it and smoke it like a pig, slow and low? Wouldn't you? I mean, you gotta you gotta take the hide off, right? You gotta get that fur off of there. Got to. Yeah, you don't want to be picking it out of your teeth. No, 
And then nobody s- likes groundhog hair in the. And teeth. then slow smoke it. Yeah. Make it huh. real tender. Marinate it or anything like that? Why not? Why not? It's probably pretty tender. I mean, they keep it in that box, you know, all year long. That box doesn't allow it to walk and yeah. get any Mm-mm-mm. kind of muscle tone whatsoever. So I bet I bet Phil's I bet Phil is juicy and tender. Probably. Ugh. Probably. You know what I like to do on Groundhog Day? Mm. I like to watch the movie backwards. What do you mean? If you watch it backwards, it's about a friendly fella who relives the same day over and over again until he becomes a cynical, narcissistic weather reporter. <laughs> and it's just so much so much more fun to watch it that way. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> All right, it is uh, 8.38 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us at 512-836-0590. Listen, uh, a new dog aggression scale has been approved by the Austin Animal Center. The city council has approved the Dunbar scale in which it ranks dogs in a scale of one to six if they show aggression. Those at the five or six scale, they could face euthanasia. Uh, and Austin is a no-kill city, and uh, and the change has plenty of the critics coming out of the woodworks. They're very upset about this possibility. Decide on whether you end a life without sharing the situation with rescues and killing a dog is wrong. Love dogs and lost dogs who have families will lose their lives over this. Gosh. Listen to that. Just listen to that. I was she, right. And I had time out, lady. Listen for a second. They're only going to euthanize the dogs that have actually attacked and killed another dog or attacked and maimed a child. Now here's this nobody nobody is adopting these dogs. That's the problem, ma'am. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants to bring them into their home because it's just too dangerous and risky. Right. To decide on whether you end a life without sharing the situation with rescues and killing a dog is wrong. Love dogs and lost dogs who have families will lose their lives over this. Sometimes oh. killing a dog is the right thing to do. Now I know the I know the Austin Austin Pets Alive has some concerns here as well. Heard uh, from uh, Dr. Ellen Jefferson yesterday at the council meeting. That's right. And and from what I can tell, you know, a, a lot of the people who are critical of this change are not necessarily opposed to the idea of of keeping aggressive, highly aggressive dogs out of the public. I think the concern is record keeping at the Austin Animal Center and whether or not they're keeping proper records well, and whether or not dogs that, that might not need to be euthanized wind up in the pool to get the pink juice. Well, I'm more concerned about dogs that should be in the pool yeah. that are not getting recognized. That's a, It sounds to me like Austin Pets Live needs to do a better job of managing the animals. They're not equipped. In a world of data collection, they can't collect good data on dogs at the shelter? Hard to imagine. I mean, it's. I mean, I get it. You know, you you pick up dogs. They show up at your shelter. You don't know their history. You don't know their history, but you're willing to donate it or, or allow that dog to be adopted out to a family. It, 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 they they have no place in families like that. Now, I I do think that if you're talking about, I mean, if you if you're really serious about about above all else, trying to find somewhere else for these dogs before euthanasia being an absolute last you know last resort then you know perhaps one of these uh, organizations that would you know take a dog one of these dog ranches something like that where the dog is never going to leave there again you know but even then you got to run the is risk of the dog like escapes are there places like that well i yeah i know i know that there are there are uh, 
uh, places not, similar to that. They didn't show up to the to the council meeting, did they? They're not knocking on the Austin Pets Alive door saying, "Hey, we'll take those dangerous dogs." Well, I think a lot of them probably don't want because you know, I mean, they've got other dogs of their own. You know, you certainly don't want to bring a dog in that's going to kill all the other dogs and everybody that's working with them. Yeah, I I, I don't have a problem that, with this. I, that woman right there is the problem at Austin Pets Alive, and that that woman right there that not her specifically, but that attitude, that overzealous attitude. Uh, you, their judgment is fogged by their love of dogs. They don't have a real concept that, hey, time out. Let's let's get some proper management here. We should not be donating or, or allowing dogs to be adopted to families where they could be attacked. Sure. But I, I look, I'm, I also don't disagree with them that I don't want to see a dog if it's not if, if this dog is not warranting euthanasia, then I don't want to see it euthanized. You know, so it, I if if data data collection and record keeping is an issue, fix it. Fix it. Yeah. Fix it. Austin Pets Alive. Yeah, you, it, it, it would benefit your business model to fix it. I think so. Right? Yeah. I, what, I, I'm okay but, with this. But what do we do with those dogs that may not be a, a dangerous risk on that scale, but nobody wants them? And they're in the animal shelter two, three, four, five years. 846 here on the Todd and I Show. Join us at 512-836-0590. The Austin Pets Alive director is concerned that they may not be able to collect the proper data on the dogs at their shelter in order to uh, facilitate this new Dunbar scale of uh, scoring dogs on a 1 to 6. Now, the ultimate goal is to... Uh, well, protect the community from dangerous dogs that could be adopted out. Yeah, uh, The APA says they, they're not confident in the data that they collect. And my thought is, well, fix the data. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, would be, it would benefit Austin Pets Alive to have accurate data and actually have a focus-driven agenda that prevents dangerous dogs being adopted out to families. Well, they would, it, 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 because if they don't... They potentially could damage their reputation with some sort of dog bite. Yeah. So yeah, it's Austin Pets Alive that's concerned about the record keeping at the Austin Animal Center. Right. Right. And and, and I and I'm one hundred percent on board with that concern that I don't want a, a good dog getting mixed up with the bad dogs because somebody couldn't keep proper records. However, beyond that, I don't see I don't see the debate here. You have a you have a, a one through six already on a one, the dog has shown aggression. It just yeah. hasn't bitten in. It's not. It's not your. It's not your black lab who's just hanging out over there waiting to play with you. That's right. He's shown some aggression, and six potentially has killed someone. Yeah. Why are we debating on what to do in a situation with a with a five or six? I just got an angry text message from a listener who's uh, a volunteer at the uh, at the APA. Uh, and, and is currently en route to uh, to volunteer more time. Thank you for do donating your time. Absolutely, that's, that's great. But I, I'm just, I just got a question. If, if animal control picks up a dog today, let's say they pick up a, a, a three-year-old pit bull that's been roaming the streets. They pick it up. It's, what, 848 right now. How soon is that dog at the shelter and ready to be adopted? I would hope it's not that day. Uh, it couldn't be. I mean, yeah, they would have to have somebody to, to evaluate it. So some, some basic behavioral evaluation. I would think you need at least 30 days of evaluation, right? At least, right? I think in a perfect world, sure. Yeah, with multiple volunteers walking that dog for an hour each day, you know, and each making notes. Yeah, okay, maybe this one's ready to be adopted out. Yeah. Yeah, or, in a or, world. Or, or no, this one's a five. It attacked another dog. We may consider uh, uh, some sort of rescue in another place where the dog will never be in a dangerous situation, or we may have to euthanize. That sounds cruel, right? Yeah. Sounds cruel to some people. I know it does. Sounds cruel, but it's proper management of the shelter. Well, you know, I mean, you you, you call yourself a no kill city, you know, and so you 
you it's what ninety five percent I think is where they are now and uh, no kill and well, and need, so you're you're obvi- in a city like this you're gonna you're gonna have people opposed to euthanasia no matter what yeah. happens well you know? animals are euthanized sick ones injured ones they 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 get euthanized down there at the animal shelter and I think to to be considered no kill they have to hit a certain percentage yeah it's not a hundred percent it's like uh, somewhere in the nineties I think we're at ninety five percent I th- I think yeah. that's what that's the percentage there, yeah. and that's great, you know. But the problem is, you know, you're asking about intake and and how how soon could an, a dog that's brought in be adopted out? Honestly, don't know exactly, but you have to think that that the capacity crisis is so great at the at the animal shelter that with dogs in crates in offices stacked on top of one another, that they probably are in a desperate rush to get them out as quick as possible. Should there be a mandatory spay neuter law? I I I I. I I wouldn't mind it, you know. I, I I really wouldn't, but I do understand that you know. There's also uh, you know a, a personal, you know, this is your dog, and some people would say, well, this it, it's my right to not do that. Yep. And I and I could understand that argument too. I, I have not yet really figured out exactly where I stand on that on that I think, issue. I think medically, most veterinarians you know recommend it, right? I would highly recommend it. Yeah. I I worked in vet clinics for several years back in the early 2000s, and and uh, and and have had animals my whole life. I would never. No, I, I would I would never have a dog or cat that wasn't spayed or neutered. It is uh, 850. Jump in at 512-836-0590. However you feel about this story, I don't think the city or anybody wants dangerous dogs to be adopted out into our community. Public safety threat. Uh, let's see. Uh, is it uh, Betty? Betty on the Todd and Oz show this morning. What's on your mind, Betty? Good morning. Yeah. Um, I just I wanted to make a comment about the uh, illegal immigrants. Um I think that if they've been arrested uh, for drunk driving anywhere, they should be uh, tattooed immediately with a big X. And then on the top three spaces of that X, it should be USA, and they should be deported. So when they try to come back through, they automatically are not going to make it, or they're, they're going to have a harder time trying to get through. You make it, wait, 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 time out, time out. Are you literally saying physically with ink, tattoo them? Absolutely, and if you think that's uh, not fair, well, I don't. Think that's it's uh, fair. that's that's wrong, and it, that's that that is not only not. I don't, I don't know if it's not fair or not. I, I think that's immoral. We had a group of people that did that to another group of people one yeah, time, and they were called Nazis. I say no. Okay, then you're right. I never thought about it. It's just that I think Thank the connotation you. is too negative. I mean, I appreciate you, know? you want to get tough and save lives. I, I get that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a little too much there. I, that's too. I, I agree. Now it. To her point, if there was a way, you know, to digitally say tag somebody, I, I, and again, I don't know how you do that without like a chip or something. But I mean, you know, if it didn't have to be some sort of invasive, hey, we're going to physically tattoo you with this barcode or whatever. Some people have to use a retinal scan just to get in their office. <laughs> yeah. How about a retinal scan to enter the country? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 something's got to be done done there to to prevent people once they've been sent home. Mm-hmm. From coming back, yeah, and to prevent people from coming here in the first place, it is uh, eight fifty-two uh, here at KLBJ. Uh, you could join us too at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. You ready for the weekend? We got some rain on tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love a good, Sli- I love a good rain on a Friday, Saturday. Well, yeah, I mean, you like that kind of thing. I, I get you. I get to sleep a little bit. I'll, you know, I get to do enough of that. It's not, a, it's not a whole lot of rain though, right? In the forecast, just uh, yeah. some good showers, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about tomorrow. I didn't look far enough ahead, but I know that it's it's uh, early afternoon into the late afternoon tonight. You know, they're expecting a mixture of some showers and thundies on into the weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to relaxing a bit. 
watching a little TV. I'm just, you know, there's no football. So you get, you know, kind of in that dry spell trying to figure out what to do with myself on a Sunday. I'm still impressed with, uh, what's her name? Swifty? Are you? Yeah, her rookie season, making it all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds that, the, that, that this is all scripted out to where uh, the Chiefs win? And then uh, oh, yeah, Travis Kelsey gets down on one knee in the middle of the field and proposes oh, to Taylor please. Swift in front of millions of people, and she says yes, and we all get to see it. I don't know about and that. And the psyop continues. Well, if that happens, I won't see it. No, I won't either. That's, uh, I'll be asleep because i got to come in here the next day. Yeah. You think that's going to happen? I'm just saying, you know. That poor guy. Look, I feel, we, I feel we live sorry. In strange times. I feel sorry for him. Yeah. No, no, no man wants to be part of a power couple. Especially if you're the second fiddle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's, uh, that commercial's always on where he's lifting up his sleeve, showing his Band-Aid because he got a COVID shot. Got him a Pfizer? So he's that guy. I heard he made more money off Pfizer than playing football. Did he really? I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if that's true, but that's what one headline says. Pfizer's got a lot of money to spend. Yeah. It's just interesting, you know? He, he just, he's, he's, uh, he was, you know, he was a great football player I, already, but, but all of a sudden now he's like, the, you know, like, yeah, this weird power couple. That may be the first time we've mentioned her, by the way. Yeah. We kind of avoided that on purpose because, I don't know, it kind of turns my stomach a little bit. Well, she's way, she's everywhere, and it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think most people feel that. Well, I've seen, Those suburban seen a lot moms, of videos man. people are not happy about it. Those suburban moms with their Stanley Cups, they love her, though, man. They're waiting to see who she's going to endorse. Yeah. Just waiting. I with think, their Stanley Cup in hand, their yoga pants, and their SUVs, they're waiting to see who to vote for. And, and they got to be told. Is there any guess who she's going to endorse? It doesn't matter to me. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Attention fleet owners. Looking for a reliable partner for fleet services? Look no further. At Oak Knoll Automotive, you'll get fast and affordable fleet auto service every time. Full service repairs by certified technicians for fleet vehicles, on site diagnostic services, and eight bays to guarantee a speedy turnaround. Set up an appointment with Eric at Oak Knoll Automotive, servicing Austin for 20 years. Call 512-506-8008, 506-8008, or Google Oak Knoll Automotive.